This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I've been cruising around the city, flipping off people like it's my job. Pardon? <laughs> Giving everybody the middle finger, old ladies trying to cross the street. Flipping them the bird? Priests in front of churches. Why? Because, Jim, it's my God-given right. <laughs> <laughs> Giving the middle finger in Canada. The precedent has been set. It is a God-given right. According to a Quebec judge, he was uh, proceeding over a case involving two neighbors that hated each other. <laughs> It's always the neighbors. One guy was charged with criminal harassment and uttering threats, but the judge found that uh, it is not a crime to give someone the middle finger. It may not be civil. It may not be polite. It may not be gentlemanly. Nevertheless, it does not trigger criminal liability. Okay. It is a God-given, charter-enshrined right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian. Wow. So, Jim, eh, hey, hey, hey. Eh, what the? Double birds for you. What did I do? <laughs> but, of course, just as we find out that it's legal for us to give everyone the middle finger, it becomes passe. What? New trend. Giving someone the thumbs down instead of the middle finger. <laughs> Apparently, millennials and Gen Zers are favoring the thumbs down over the middle finger. The reason is it's more like the equivalent of telling somebody, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Hmm. Which always stung more when your parents would say it to you but as a kid. only when your parents say it to you because that's, there's emotion behind it. I, I got a feeling if you flip off a biker versus give him the thumbs down, which one is he more likely to punch in the face for? Well, that's it. It's also aggressive. So the natural reaction when you give someone the finger is that they think you're a jerk. But if you give them the thumbs down, it keeps the focus on their behavior. Oh, Right? you. Hey, thumbs down to you. You did something bad. Not like, I'm an aggressive jerk and I'm flipping you off. Yeah. You're hmm. not doing something rude. You're just letting them know that you I didn't see. like what they did. Huh. It's like a personal dislike button, some say. <laughs> So lame. It's so, like I think it's fine. It's pro- if if I was giving advice to a friend, I would say stick with the thumbs down in the road rage <laughs> incidents just to avoid any trouble. Well, but yeah, it certainly we've doesn't, seen that go sideways. Yeah. You start flipping people off, and it's just not the same. It's not. As it cathartic. can escalate the situation very quickly. But maybe the thumbs down, uh, you're not going to get attacked, hmm. right? Here's a, a TikToker saying that. They got a thumbs down for driving poorly once, and they can't stop thinking about it. One time when we were in Colorado, there was an outcrossing sign, so we slowed down to the recommended speed. And then somebody from Colorado went around us, rolled their window down, stuck their arm all the way out, and gave us a thumbs down. And I think about that interaction every single day. Flipping people off when you're driving is dead. Give them a thumbs down. They will not forget you. <laughs> wow, that, that driver pulled the full out, like, gladiator, thumb <laughs> out the window, extended, downturn. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Is Patrick there? Is the game we're playing here with Game of Palooza? Les is our contestant listening from the Kitchener Waterloo area. Hey, Les. How you doing there, pal? Good, you You ready to celebrate St. Patty's Day? Almost definitely. Awesome. 
All you got to do is guess whether or not Patrick is going to be at a pub over in Ireland. We are calling Frank's in Linaskia Enniskillen. <laughs> okay? I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Enniskillen in Ireland. Sounds like, sounds like you're in the pub already. Enniskillen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the name of the place is Frank's. Do you think there will be a Patrick there? Doesn't matter if they're working, drinking, eating. What do you think? Most definitely will be. Okay, you think let's there go. will be. Jim, your Irish accent ready? Oh, you know it. Let's make the call. <laughs> one three at one. Hello, hello, is Patrick there? Hello, hello, is Patrick there? Patrick who? Patrick Kelly. Patrick Kelly? Yeah, short fella. Probably rolled in there about an hour ago. He's been missing from around the house. He's been drinking a lot lately. He found out his wife had a secret OnlyFans account. He was the only one in town who didn't know about it. No, I, I, I hear tells that way, but he's not in here. Uh, he's not in here. You, you, you cut at the wrong pub. I know. Nah, so, uh, he said he's done. He said he went down to Frank's to, to wash it away with a bunch of strawberry daiquiris. Do you still sell those? No. Well, I don't know what he's going to do. The worst part is his wife, she's making a lot of money and she's not giving him any of it. Mm-hmm. Well, so he's drinking, she's right. Well, I hope so. Well, if he does show up, would you tell him to give Stephen a call? We're worried about him. Stephen. Stephen. And his wife called. said she can join him in the next video if he comes home. Right. Thank you, sir. Okay. Okay, then. Bless you. Cheers, now. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God is right. That was good. <laughs> um, he says he's heard of Patrick Kelly. Is that it? That the was legend? close. Uh-oh. C- close enough? I'm starting to think that Irish people don't understand what each other are saying there. I don't know what he said. <laughs> he said something. Like, he said yeah. <laughs> Just agree with him. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Yeah, a couple more days left in March break, entertaining the kids, keeping them busy. Um, we've been trying to find movies to watch with the kids, mm-hmm. Jim. And I decided to go back to the well watch something from my childhood really my wife and i we loved the speech that ki he kwan gave at the oscars on sunday night my mom is 84 years old and she's at home watching mom i just want an oscar so we watched that uh that clip on the couch my wife's tearing up i'm getting a little a little moist you know Oh, the I region. Oh, it was absolutely. It was a great speech. But she didn't know much about him because my my wife Liliana grew up in Ukraine, so they didn't have all the the movies that we got over here. So I explained. Well, he was in a couple big films back in the eighties: Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. Great Flick, Short Round, and he was also in The Goonies. And she said she'd never seen The Goonies. I said, "Well, perfect. We'll watch it tonight, movie night with the kids." We put it on, made it about uh, 25 minutes before I realized the Goonies is kind of inappropriate <laughs> for young children. Really? There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of stuff that I don't remember as a kid, 
Um, in terms of the jokes that are made, the way the Goonies talk to each other, they're pretty hmm. rude to each other. Like the truffle shuffle is actually fat shaming or what? Well, I, I'm more concerned with the um, SU. You know, it's, it's a bad word in our house. We're not supposed to say SU. Oh, Shut. oh, be quiet. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> How dare they? Throughout the entire movie. Well, that's not a big deal, is it? And it's scary. The the mom or whatever her name yes, is. Yes, it's yeah. the Fratellis that are She's terrifying. Scary. Yeah. So we made it until the Fratellis and they get in the Italian restaurant there and the Fratellis are after the Goonies and it was just, it, it was too much suspense and too intense for the kids we had to turn her turn her off we'll revisit maybe in a couple of years yeah the goonies i have no heartfelt memories about that movie i've never seen the whole thing and it, i feel like nobody talked about it until i was in high school and then everybody's like you haven't seen the goonies i i feel like i was the, uh, the only one who didn't watch it as a child and it wasn't a staple in, in my childhood you were late to the party i remember watching it and absolutely loving it at what age Young. Yeah. Whenever it came out. Yeah. In the theater. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Someone's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it Me holds up. Me and all up, my like... buddies were telling each other to shut up for years after that. <laughs> Thanks, Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a little more intense than I remember yeah. being as a child. And I'm wondering if there's a movie that you've seen as an adult where you're like, hold on a second. How did I get through this as a kid? Because it hmm. is... It's pretty heavy stuff. We tried watching Goonies with our kids because um, of uh, Ki Hei Kwan winning the Oscar. You know, he's, he's so hot right now. Short round from Indiana Jones, data from the Goonies. Thought it would be a good idea, but we made it about 20 minutes in before I realized that my kids are too young to watch the Goonies. <laughs> Gets pretty scary, pretty intense. We're wondering if there's a movie from your childhood that you've watched as an adult. You're like, how did I get through this as a kid? Erica, what's that movie for you? <laughs> Cloak and Dagger with Matthew Broderick as a little kid. Cloak Never and heard of what it. was that? Was like a spy thriller, right? It was, yes. And it's um, the old lady who's missing all the fingers. That's the actual murderer. Uh, <laughs> She's gonna cut him like a fish. I'm gonna <laughs> cut you like a fish. Exactly, that's the one. <laughs> the stuff nightmares are made of. Thank you. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Okay, I have a real story for you here. Yeah. So when my brother and I were like seven and eight years old, my mother went to visit my father. They were separated, and I guess they were trying to get back together. Okay. So they gave my brother and I money to go to the show. Mm-hmm. And we went to see Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? Like oh the original goodness. theatrical run of Psycho? You betcha. Wow. And my brother wouldn't sit with me because he was that way. And then scary stuff started really happening, and I went down to him, and he had his thumbs on his ears, and he looked at me, and he said, one more scary part, and I'm out of here. <laughs> and I went up the stairs, and the old lady was in the rocking chair, and, oh, he, was yeah. here, and he left me. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a bad first half of a movie. Psycho's not bad until about the midpoint. I was pretty traumatized by the shower scene. I couldn't take a shower for many years after that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call. 
Nice to have the movie Psycho associated with your parents' divorce as well. I'm sure that just added, piled on to the trauma. Yeah. Talk to the therapist about that one. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Worker shortage. Not enough people. Keep things moving on the job site. And uh, they're coming up with solutions, talking about the possibility of uh, moving the age so uh, high school kids can now get apprenticeships and start getting hours towards um, their their chosen trade, which is an interesting idea. And another idea that Ontario has come up with here to attract more people to the trades and to construction sites, Jim. Yes, Mike McNaughton, the labor minister, tweeted out a video of a construction worker, a female, who's complaining about bathrooms, and he goes on to show that uh, his new uh, motion he's putting forward is to make uh, construction sites uh, uh, a new bylaw where they have to have a bathroom for the men and a bathroom for the women. So this is the female construction worker talking about her issues. It's just a big pile of feces, no flushing, no water, no soap. Uh, Might as well just go outside at that point. This is something no one wants to talk about, but impacts all of us in our workplaces. Everywhere I go in Ontario, I hear from workers about washrooms on work sites, in factories, and in retail. Was McNaughton urinating during that? It did sound like there was something going in the background. Was that subtle? I don't know. Um, yeah, so porta potties can be pretty gross. Yeah, essentially, they would double the number of washrooms available on construction sites and require that at least one woman only washroom on all construction sites was available. Where running water is not possible, companies must also provide hand sanitizer. Now, I agree with the hand sanitizer thing, and I agree with clean, uh, keeping the bathrooms clean. N- n- men don't want to go in those either a lot of the times. Yeah, I, I never want to use a porta potty and most of the time, I'm standing up. I don't have to touch anything. I do understand. I, I sympathize with women who basically have to get a quad workout every time they go in there, either squatting without touching the seat Or, heaven forbid, you do have to sit all the way down because it's a big one. (laughs) Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. We all do, though. That's not a gender-specific thing. Although women do have to, there is a urinal usually in there for men, so women have to sit down twice Women have to sit down when they pee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if if anyone's explained that to you, but... I do understand, but but I'm... Usually women are sitting... Every time they go in the I, bathroom. I, I agree. I, I know. But we're all <laughs> sitting down on it eventually. And we all want it to be clean. It, like, I worked on construction sites for years, and we would have one the one uh, bathroom. And it, w- it would stay in pretty good condition. We only had five guys uh, going in and out of there. So it actually wasn't bad. And on the side of the toilet, you can see there's a capacity thing. Let's, it usually says, this thing is rated for 12 people for a week on a job site. There's yeah. are, there already are bylaws. Before it has to be cleaned out. Yeah. There, these, these I don't know if they're exist. called bylaws, but they're, yeah, the regulations that yeah, are in place to clean out porta potties. I just think, I, I, I love the idea of getting more women into trades and more women into construction. I think it's great and I think we should incentivize it. But, uh, I think this disincentivizes it because it just adds money to a job site because you have to pay for it. It's not that expensive, but it does chip away at the profit margin to a certain extent. And also, when a guy is desperate, if there's a guy in the guy's washroom, oh, are you going to say he's guys, not going to... They'll be sneaking into the women's for sure, knowing it's cleaner and nicer. Yeah, so let's just enforce the regulations that already exist, keep these washrooms clean, because there will be the porta potty cleaners who show up to job sites. And this one guy told me, there are some sites where you have to just 
the first thing that goes in is the pressure washer nozzle. You don't even go, you know, it's going to be disgusting. So you just start yeah. spraying like people are animals. So I agree that it needs to be taken seriously. How about you have one porta potty that is yellow in color right now? They tend to be all blue or like turquoise, right? You have one that's yellow colored and you have one that's brown colored <laughs> and guess what? The color means for sure. each porta potty. I think I can put this you, together. You've got a number one porta potty and a number two porta potty. That way, if you're just going pee, you don't have to deal with all of the other stuff that's in there. Mm-hmm. And okay, guys but, use the urinal. But you're still yeah. paying for two things. People are disgusting. It is. It, men, women, we're all gross. Honestly, I don't know if this is going to help. Now, just to put some context, they did a blitz. <laughs> A blitz of more than 1,800 construction sites last month and found 244 violations. So there we go. Just enforce the rules that already exist. They found washrooms with no doors, no place for workers to wash their hands. So make sure that those exist. I think it'd be a better world for all of us. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Dave Grohl was Satan in the movie Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. He played the devil. I wonder if he's going to be in this new movie that Jack Black is working on with the Ferrelli brothers. You know them from... Oh, yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, Something Something Mary, Mary, Shallow Hal, Kingpin, some of the great comedies of our lifetime, Jim. They have teamed up with Jack Black, and they have a Christmas comedy in the works called Dear Santa. The premise is it's about a kid who writes a letter to Santa but he accidentally sends it to Satan instead. (laughs) Honest typo. Pretty close. Flip a couple letters around Santa. Whoops. (laughs) He writes a letter to Santa, accidentally sends it to Satan instead. Uh, Don't know who Jack Black is playing, if he's the kid all grown up or what the deal is. Keegan-Michael Key. A guy you've met before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I met him in Detroit. He's going to be uh, in the movie, and there's no word on who is going to be playing Satan, but if history repeats itself, and it has before, mm-hmm. maybe Dave Grohl will get the red makeup back on and the horns, and <laughs> he'll be a part of that movie too. I feel like Jack Black could play Santa or Satan, because he's so lovable. Yeah. But he's also he's got he the turns big beard on, now too. Yeah. He's, he's definitely got the Santa physique. Totally. But he also can turn on that like rock voice or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Like he turns it on like a switch. The anger, the yeah, energy, the, you know. Yeah. Whatever Satan would do if he was a rock star, you know. I wonder if it's going to turn out that Santa and Satan are related somehow. Yeah, yeah, or the same guy with like alter egos or something. Because uh-huh. it's just there's something there. So Santa's kind of scary to a certain extent, you know. Well, yeah, especially in different countries. Like over in Europe, there's some, uh, there's like Krampus. Yeah, yeah. Which is close to Satan. Yeah, he's like a got demon. Got horns and, yeah. and hooved feet, I think. And, yeah. But he wears the the Santa-like furry robes. And sure. So he's almost like an amalgamation between Santa and Satan. Yeah. Yeah, and then some. I, I remember some old paintings my grandma would have of of Santa, and he wasn't wearing red. It was like all he looked scary. I don't know what was going on, but like his Sinterklaas version of Santa Claus is just an old man. And if you break it down, it is kind of terrifying to think that some magic man is gonna break into your house once a year. Oh yeah, kiss your mom. <laughs> 
run over your grandma with yeah, his reindeer. This guy is the worst, actually. <laughs> you peacock, got, got. Time for sports. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is here. And there was almost a goalie fight in the NHL last night, Dev. Came real close. Last night was wrestling night in St. Louis, and it either went great or terrible, depending on how you want to look at it, I guess. Wrestling night. Wrestling night. Because, uh, you know, wrestling night, you know, have a goalie fight on wrestling night. I mean, that's a little on the nose. Like professional wrestling we're talking, not like Olympic wrestling. We're talking nope. WWE. Okay, because I was down in Florida and we went to a, uh, a lightning game and it was Star Wars night in Tampa. So they had all Star Wars characters. Same sort of thing. Did they have like wrestlers at the game? Ric Flair was at the game. Woo! He uh, he was pumping up the Blues players before the game, and uh, during the game uh, there was uh, so the Minnesota Wild or the opponents they started to really take it to the St. Louis Blues. And at one point after they scored their fifth goals, Ryan Hartman kind of falls into Jordan Bennington. Bennington did not appreciate that as the Wild were celebrating. Their goal, he went over to the entire cr- uh, celebration and started to go at them. And so at this point, uh, and then he started, he challenged the entire bench for the wild to fight. Yeah. And um, and no, none of them are going to fight the goalie. None of them are going to fight Not the goalie. Marc-Andre Fleury saw this and came down to defend his guy. His guys, at which point the referees jumped in and blocked the two goalies from fighting. Uh-huh. Everybody in the arena was upset. They asked yeah. Rick Flair about it afterwards. He said he wanted to see the goalies <laughs> fight. Because who doesn't love a good old-fashioned goalie fight? Honestly, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen one. It has been a long time. Now, one of the reasons that Marc-Andre Fleury wanted to... Uh, to uh, defend his guys was he heard from one of the players on the ice that Bennington uh, went a little below the belt. This is the quote from Mark Andre Fleury. One of the guys said Bennington hit them in the nuts, in the nutsack. Can I say nutsack? <laughs> <laughs> then when I saw him throw another one at our guy, that was the time. <laughs> hmm. So, I mean, it, to your point, it's been a long time since we had a goalie fight. You know, last year we had the whole documentary of the Red Wings and the Avalanche, and that was more than just goalie fights. But you did have, you know, the you know the the fight between with with Patrick Waugh and everything, where Patrick Waugh got his due. Yeah. Back in the day, my favorite goalie fight of all time was Ron Hextall, Felix Potvin. Felix Potvin could could chuck the knuckles like no other goalie out there. He was one of the toughest goalies. One, he was my favorite player growing up. So that was my favorite goalie fight. That is crazy, man. Listen to the commentators. Everyone loves a goalie fight. And those helmets come off real quick. Those goalie masks, they do not stay on. They just start pummeling. So I I wish they'd let them go because it was wrestling night. Like, you can't have wrestling night and then have like a whole... Do a fake fight. Let us watch a fake fight. A whole skirmish breaks out on the ice and you stop it. I mean, the referees are doing their job, but you stop it... (laughs) Here comes the goalie off the crossbar. (laughs) Thanks, Dev. Taz and Jim, Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is still here. Let's do a quick update on the Carson Briere situation. He's a a university hockey player down in there in the United States, and his dad is the general manager, new general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Carson Briere on Saturday night 
was caught on camera at a local bar pushing a woman's wheelchair down a flight of stairs for no reason whatsoever while uh, the woman was down in the washroom, had to be carried down into the washroom at the establishment. Now, both the members of the Briere family, Daniel and Carson, put out statements yesterday apologizing, saying it was the wrong decision to make. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Briere seemed like uh, Carson Briere's statement was much shorter than Daniel's. I don't know if that's indicative of anything. I think Daniel is definitely uh, upset with his son. As a parent, would be. you'd be yeah. pretty disappointed that your kid put yourself now in a position that you shouldn't be having to deal with at all. No. It actually may cost them permanent, the permanent position with the Flyers. You think? It's just bad PR. It's an unforced error on his family's part, and it's just why why bring the smoke? I, I'm sure he's a talented guy with bring, the bring a lot to the table. It's not good. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. Uh, I, I mean, I, I it, it it's a mistake. Overall, in, in 20, it's like 20, a stupid thing for a kid to do. In 2023, it could definitely cost him his job. Even though Daniel Breer did nothing mm. in the situation, still. It's the Breer family. They look their carbon copies of one another. So someone could look, look at this picture and say, hey, Daniel Breer just pushed down a wheelchair <laughs> down the way. <laughs> and he's got a time machine. He looks like he's 22 again. <laughs> it gets worse. The woman who whose wheelchair it was has posted on social media, and we were talking about how a GoFundMe was started to get her a new wheelchair. Well, she has posted a picture of herself. She has no legs. All right. She's with the owner of the bar thanking the uh, the establishment for all the help that they gave her that night. Hi, I'm Sydney. It was my chair that was pushed down the stairs. I'm so thankful for all of Sullivan's help in this situation. That's the name of the bar and the kind comments I've seen online. I swear I really don't want to keep a cent of the donated money. I'd much rather give it to those who need it. So she's going to take the money and donate it to people who don't have the love and support that she has in her life because she knows there's disabled people out there that are struggling much worse than her. Can it get much worse for the Briers? <laughs> <laughs> They've got to match the donation or something. They got to do PR overtime here. They have got to go above and beyond. Like again, like Carson, I don't know what Carson's financial situation is like, but Daniel should if I was Daniel, I would say listen, Carson's inheritance is going to this yeah. lady. Here, here's here's ten wheelchairs. It's coming out of Carson's inheritance. You know, like Carson eventually will pay for this today, tomorrow, in the future, whatever. But I mean, to me, it's only right uh, to make up for this. I mean, the absolute. She seems like a wonderful person. <laughs> she sure does. They should have picked one of those jerks in a wheelchair. Right? <laughs> <Like> from Seinfeld. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Starting her up again. Jim, are you ready to go? I think so, Taz. Let's do it. It's our March Madness Small Town Tournament of 64. And we've got some great matchups today. Jim Kelly, where are we going first? Well, Taz, first off the top, I got to say, I love these matchups. I love this battle. This is what great heroic tales are made of. A real David versus, well, another David. 
Uh, but it's not the size of the town in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the town, starting with Lucan versus Norwich. Now, there's only two places in Ontario where you can watch a rock concert on a baseball diamond. The Rogers Centre and the Lucan Bidolf Community Memorial Centre Ball Diamond, where Taz and I saw Sloan and I Mother Earth rock out last year at Lucan Summerfest because when people think summer, they think let's drive straight through Lucan to Grand Bend. And they're taking on Norwich this morning. Norwich came here to do two things, grow tobacco and chew bubblegum. And they're all out of Nicorette bubblegum. While formerly known for their robust tobacco crop, they've transitioned to soybean production. So if you're tired of all those vegans in the city, blame Norwich. Our next matchup is Exeter, Ontario versus Air, Ontario. Exeter, Ontario is home to the rare white squirrel, yes. a squirrel known for its privilege. Speaking of animals, <laughs> check out the beasts at the Exeter Rodeo. These cowboys can ride a bull for eight seconds, which is exactly how long it takes to drive through Exeter. Taking on Air Ontario. Ah, Air. Named after all that stuff in the sky. Home to possibly the problematically named Gus and Guido's Backyard Restaurant, but also the great Willibald Farm Distillery and Brewery, where the endless alcohol makes the local Irish giddy with delight and the local Amish shake their head in disgust. <laughs> And let's go deep on a couple other small towns that are going head-to-head -head here, Jim Kelly. We got a feisty one here, Taz. Ingersoll versus Delhi. In Ingersoll, hey, here's two words nobody in Ingersoll takes seriously. Enjoy responsibly. Never have, never will. Ingersoll is home to some of the finest cheese-producing dairy farmers this side of Punky Doodle's Corners. Here's a tip. Wanna, you're going to want to drive around Ingersoll during their annual cheese fest because things tend to get a little bunged up. They are taking on Delhi this morning. Delhi, of course, is home to the historical Delhi Tobacco Museum. And it's right across the street from the up-and-coming Royal Ontario Vape Museum. <laughs> it's also the hometown to retired NHL tough guy Ryan Vandenbush, who spent almost a decade in the league where he amassed 10 goals and 702 penalty minutes. That record kind of sums up Delhi, Ontario. Nothing fancy, a little dirty, but always good to have in your corner. They're taking on Clinton, or no, it's Clinton versus Tavistock in the other bracket here. Clinton versus Tavistock, Ontario. Clinton, if your grandma gambled away your inheritance in Huron County, she probably did it at the Clinton Raceway. Here's a tip. <laughs> if your last driving instructor said you were a hazard behind the wheel and couldn't in good conscience give you a license, rumor has it you'll probably get in Clinton. <laughs> Tavistock, Ontario is their competitor this morning. Tavistock is home to the man who invented the board game, Crokino, mm. and home to one drunk who says he was the first guy to call ladder ball testy toss. Tavistock, Ontario is only five kilometers away from the Stratford Shakespeare Festival. Ironic because almost every dad in Tavistock would be very disappointed if their son wanted to get into theater. <laughs> There you go. You got to get online and vote if you want your town to move on. And this year, voting a little different. You got to do it on the Taz and Jim Instagram account, okay? So go to Taz and Jim on Instagram, click on our stories, 
and it'll just cycle through today's matchups. You can vote as you go. It's really user-friendly. Get Grandma to start an Instagram account today. She'll have fun. She'll love it. <laughs> and we will tell you who the winners are tomorrow and give you some more matchups with the Taz and Jim Small Town Tournament of 64. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Most people feel like they're pretty lucky, even the non-Irish ones, Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a survey done with 2,000 Canadians and 2,000 Americans and it shows a surprising number of people believe that luck is a real force that affects their life on a daily basis. 64% of Canadians believe in luck. Even more Americans are superstitious. 71% believe that uh, luck is a real thing. Ontario believes the, um, in the most luck. So Ontarians are crossing their fingers the most, essentially. And uh, the way that they uh, believe that luck will help them out, because we all have like the different superstitions, right? So the most common lucky superstition is crossing your fingers. Like if you're like, please let me win the lottery. I find myself, I'm not superstitious at all, but like out of instinct, if you're ever thinking of like, oh, please, you know. You'll um, look down and you don't even realize you're crossing them. Yeah, like if you make a sports bet, you're like, come on, Diaz, knock them out in the second or something. And the tighter you cross, them, the more likely it is to come yeah. true, right? And then there's also like the thing where you hide it behind your back so nobody sees that you're actually wishing. Or, or I guess that's if you're lying, I think. Maybe that's a different thing. Uh, the no- another one is uh, beginner's luck. People believe in beginner's luck, which I don't know if it's like a superstitious force as much as it is a mental state. Because beginner's yeah. luck is you're not pressured because there's no you, nobody's expecting you to be good. Low so, expectations. Yeah. The bar is low, so you're more likely to outperform. Yeah, and the third most likely uh, thing that people believe in is throwing a coin into a fountain gives you good luck. Yeah, it gives somebody good luck, the guy who cleans out the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one, too. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people still believe that the uh, knock on wood thing uh, gives them good luck, which I still all the time see people do. I find myself doing that from time to time. I'll even knock on something, and then I'll realize it's not wood. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, this is pressure board. Or it's the cl- not real wood, <laughs> and I'll look for like an actual piece of lumber to Yeah, I like the knock. classic uncle joke, knock on your forehead. Knock, yeah, on, knock on wood. wood. The old blockhead. Yeah, yeah, or the fraternity <laughs> guy joke, knock on wood on the fly of the jeans. You ever seen that one? That's no. the creepy uncle move. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Please <laughs> I'll leave. I'll take a hard pass, mm. Uncle Dave. Another great one. <laughs> a lucky piece of clothing when you're watching your favorite team. Yeah. That is a Leafs staple, apparently. A lot of Leafs fans, 33%, think that that helps. Spoiler alert, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs>